Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We're your sweeties. Hey everyone, I'm Wa. And I'm Chris, and welcome to Docu Sweeties. We're two longtime friends who discuss the riveting and sometimes trashy world of reality TV and docuseries. Yes, but through our own lens, honey, which is peppered by our own bitterness against life or perhaps our own saltiness that it wasn't us. But at the end of the day, at our core, and we'll share with you a mild sweetness. Yay! Hi, guys. It wasn't us. You started counting on the shower. It wasn't us. You started naming number Nova. It wasn't us. It never sounded number Nama. It wasn't us. You started naming what Nova. Hey. So today we're talking about Love During Lockup Season 2, Episode 5, or Lalu Season 4, Episode 27. My fiance has a fiance. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's Boston and Potty and Ty. Ty. So Ty. Wow. Let's start with them because Ty. I just think that she is doing the absolute most to remain on this show. Yes. Oh, giving us the Ter- Teresa Dudite, you know, the like special, the Real Housewives of New Jersey, to, like flip a table. They know how to stay on, you know, that builds seasons. I mean, this woman says, I'm not hostile while being hostile. Have you seen yourself? Like, I love that. Like literally all Boston had to do is be like, girl, you just flipped a table. And then Ty was like, you're right. And then she's just like so junior high assholeish about this other woman. Just no. a bitch. There really is no reason to like talk to Ty or talk to Boston other than to be like, hey, are you engaged to Hottie? And have, you know, like Boston be like, yeah, look at this ring. And then just be like, and then just incredibly go at Hottie, you know, just like get at him, like call him and then go in. There's no reason to like bring any sort of negativity or hostility. I mean, to what seems like a really cool person, Boston. Like I love Boston's whole demeanor. Can we talk about this for a second? So basically, okay. So, so Ty's sitting there and well, Ty calls Boston at first and she's like, she's like, she just wants to meet up and just like, just talk, just talk. And she's like, no. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Boston is Ty. Can you and me? Uh, yeah. When? Or where? Oh, should I be doing the other one? At the tequila barn. <laughs> when? Now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now, bitch. Dumb fucking stupid bitch. Right now. Can we meet? Fucking stupid bitch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Then she gets there. She's eating animal crackers, by the way, my favorite part of that. The thing. whole time. Just eating the animal crackers. Can we talk now? But my big I ass, love like, animal crackers. Do you like animal crackers? We don't get to eat enough of them, I guess, as an adult. You okay. know what it is? It's like sugar cookies, but not as sweet with a hint of cinnamon. Yes. Or ginger. Some, I don't know if it's like cinnamon or ginger. Like whatever it is, it's just like super yummy. And just like it feels like, yeah, since it's not that sweet, you can have like one billion of them. But it's like you really can't. You know, it's like the cross between a cracker and a cookie. It's a crotch. I'm. I mean, no, I'd rather snack on some animal crackers than certain crotches. So. <laughs> some of them not cinnamony. This shows up at Tequila Station yeah. and is like, oh, looking bear-steen, looking ass bitch. About Boston, who's wearing like a blue tight collared polo shirt buttoned down in the front and then like a blue acid wash, like really short, like pleated kind of like schoolgirl, but like very short skirt i mean like i died 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 when ty said that i was just like that's one of the most amazing things ever like that's that builds i mean that builds characters on tv that's just she did look like a bernstein bears bitch i mean i can't even believe it she said it because it's exactly what she looked like i can't like we're a little sister she's like a little sister i can't even i just really felt like she was being a fucking mean ass girl and then i was like not interested in it it was just She's so wild and crazy and mean 
to Boston that I can never support her in her choices. So even if she called her a Bernstein fucking bear, like I was like, you, first of all, I don't even recognize Ty. Ty looked like with that way she had her scarf tied like Mother Teresa and then her little baby hairs poking out with those oversized glasses and a red lip. She was like trying to give some kind of like fashion diva off of the runway. So I'm like, you know, who's that woman, that like fashion woman with the with the black hair and the big sunglasses or big glasses? Not Anna Wintour, but somebody else. Anyways, she looked like that bitch, but younger. And then it's like she lost Elizabeth weight in her face. Elizabeth Taylor? No. Okay. She, lost, she lost weight in her face or something. I couldn't even recognize her. I said, is this, is this Ty? She just looks so weird. And she just is like, just being such a mean girl. And then she's like, when's your wedding? And like scoots closer to her. Yeah. It is just being so aggressive. And also, Boston is a dumb bitch too, because this will be the third time they've met. <laughs> and the first two times Ty has attacked her. <laughs> Could you imagine? I don't I, like you just be getting your ass beat on TV. For but wait, the whole world to see. And you but you get on to be coming. on TV. But you get, yeah, but you get to be on TV. Yeah. I know if you listen, if you go to Boston's Instagram right now, do you think that hashtag love after lockup is in the bio? I think it is. Wait, uh, one second. My dad's calling my name. You know, he'll just be doing this. Chris? Chrissy? Chrissy? I know. I yeah, know. dad. <laughs> Daddy? Yeah? I'll kill you. you can know, we... <laughs> Chrissy, can you come change the TV? I don't no, know what's I... happening with it. Dad, okay. I'm doing I'll my show. You. Oh my God. Oh. <laughs> I'll kill you. Never mind. Uh, It'll take me so long now. You live far away. So I'll I'll drive there. It took me four days. But <laughs> so here's the thing. I I just am saying she I think that gets off probably that she's on the show and I'm thinking she uses the hashtag in her Instagram bio. She likes it. She gets uh to be on the show every every year. All she has to do is just get like the shit kicked out of her and she signs up. You know, she signs the release from every time walk. Every time. Anyway, so as I uh, okay, so Anyway, basically, they're just going back and forth on their barbs, you know, like, I like your hoe skirt. I like your fake teeth. And then, honey, it just, like, escalates. Ty, after that, after that escalation, just, like, knocks the whole table over. And then, honey, and then all hell breaks loose. Now, they're eating outside. So then we get, a, like, a scared-looking Boston. And behind Boston is a restaurant employee who, like, obviously now has to clean up a jillion messy messy messes on the fucking street and there's just like a a bridal party like you have a bunch of girls like what's happening at that table over there like you know everyone's like looking at or whatever and this like poor restaurant person is like by the way blurred out didn't release themselves you know and just Boston to sit there just like sitting on a chair with nothing in front of her and then yeah like Ty then goes and tries to immediately have a confessional with the producers Boston's like, is that what just happened? That's what's happening. That's what it is. And they're still like talking and screaming back and forth. And then at one point, yeah, like Ty, Boston to Ty says, like, you are a hostile person. And Ty's like, no, I'm not. And Boston's like, you just flipped a table. And then Ty's like, okay. You're right. You're right. Let's talk. Can you come here, please? And just like makes Boston cross the street. Yeah, come here. Then, but then immediately they just like come to common ground. You know, Ty says that, you know, she really just really hates Hottie for what he's done to them. And then like Ty like goes on what feels like a victim monologue where she just like basically asks Boston for forgiveness, you know, and Boston just is like rolls her eyes, just like smacks her tongue. And it's just like, I guess. Boston is not going to give up Hottie. Like, she's no. like, I don't understand what you're saying. Like, me and this man have been together forever. And just because, okay, okay, sister wife, okay. Why can't you settle into the fact that you and I are going to be married to the same man? I'm okay with it. Calm the fuck down. <gasps> wow, you think? That's like a brilliant thing. Like, I, you know, like, it feels like if these women could come to common ground they would have a lot of fun if like you know it feels like they have like some commonality they just like i feel like ty actually likes boston now boston only doesn't like ty but i think ty likes boston boss 
I think Ty, you know, has a lot of like things that she has to like work out. You know, she has all these men on the Rolodex. Like Ty should have left a billion years ago. Well, Ty should stop being a fucking lunatic talking about she's going to get married. Like this is such a weird fake storyline and she's all in because she wants to be on the real housewives of used to be on love after lockup. Like she is bidding. She's like waiting for her chance. I got one shot. What is that song? It's a musical. It's um, oh. from, from Hamilton. One shot. It's like, she's literally oh, yeah. banking on love after lockup. And the truth is, is that love after lockup doesn't ever get anybody where they probably want, want to be when um, from on the reality TV spectrum. Like, I'm probably going to, I'm going to say that Puppy and Amber are probably some of the most long-lived cast members that are consistently working for Matt Sharp and Love After Lockup. Like, I, I'm trying to think, like... Brittany and Marcelino. Yeah, Brittany and Marcelino, too. But it's like, you are no Brittany. Okay, Ty? You could never. You could never be Brittany. Brittany is our heroine, okay? Even though she knocked that bitch out. That was some riveting ass television. You could never. It's like, I, and it's like, I just, I feel sorry for her because she's trying so hard and she looks so stupid doing it. She does look stupid. Like after they hug, she just like sits her ass on the curb. And I was like, oh, girl, the curb, you know, like that's where the trash goes. Basura. All right, let's move on. Let's move on to this old bitty and this boy because this girl did not oh. know she was dating a drug addict. This is Jessica and Dustin. Remember, we haven't seen them in a couple of episodes or in, or in one episode. And this is Jessica, who was a nurse. And this is Justin, some young buck who caught her eye in the prison. And so she quit to work somewhere else and started dating this fool. And now the DOC or DOJ is trying to stop her from visiting him. And she went and fully got that motherfucker's name tattooed on her whole ass abdomen. And then yeah. she goes and she meets his family, which his sister, she pretty. Yeah. That sister was, I said, that bitch is, this bitch is pretty. April. Yeah. yeah. And there, this is one of the least hostile family of the prisoner that we have come in contact with since Bird Bones Redhead. <laughs> that was my, <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> I, can't, I don't remember her name. But normally the, the inmate's family is pretty hostile to the new person. And this family was like, yeah, good luck. He's a fucking addict. But all the best. The fucking addict part is honestly like the, what it should be the title of this episode. Because it's not even Jessica. It's also going to be like Melissa and Louie later. Yeah. Like, there's, I think probably like for some reason a lot of women who are living in a delusional fairy tale land where they're going to like save some man from prison. And he's just like gonna, everything that he said to her while in prison was true. She's going to save him because all he needed was just her love and a staple situation, which her love can provide. So a check and check. He comes out and becomes like a prince to her, a king to her. This is true. This is what they think. And like, they don't even consider the very real situation that these people have been dealing with the disease and terribly so called addiction that has been probably at the forefront of a lot of the decisions that cause them to be in the predicament they are in. And so it's just like, it feels like it's like hitting them in the face. Uh, but Jessica is crazy. Like Jessica's daughter, Bailey is gorgeous too. I know you said April's gorgeous. She is. So Desiree is also like uh, Dustin's, I think aunt, either aunt or sister. She's wearing crazy pants. But Bailey, who's Jessica's daughter is just like, I mean, get that girl modeling contract. So they, the sisters go in about Dustin. They say like, he's never been loyal to a lady. You know, and like he, they also just like, we also hear the phrase jail talk a lot this episode, you know, like it's not just one thing that they're addicts, but also all of these men know that they run up against the stereotype of the fact that men in prison talking to women do jail talk. Well, how would you describe jail talk? I jail guess? talk is where you fantasize about the future with your mate. If you guys remember last season with India and Harry, Harry very much jail talked the shit out of India <laughs> to where she thought this man was going to come out of prison and they were going to marry and run off into the sunset. And the moment he got out, he wanted his dick wet and her and everybody in the streets like he <sighs> was just doing the most. And it's like the same thing. Like Louis is a former addict. Dowry is an addict. 
Justin is an addict on meth. Meth is crack. I mean, it's not the same, yeah. but it's the same. It's like meth did to the white community and the Latino community what crack did to the Latino community and the black community. Like it is a wild ass drug that people do not come back from. And I literally grew up in a time where that was the drug that people were doing when I knew that they were like really bad off. It's it's wild. So for any person to think that they are going to, I just feel like any person who's never had an addiction who wants to be in a relationship with someone who is an addict it can never be possible because you don't truly understand what it is to be an addict you don't get it and so how is it that you feel that you're going to support this person like now if this person is five years sober outside of prison or you know five years sober and had copious amounts of counseling or whatever then i could see it happening like britney is a good case of somebody who was on meth and figured it out right but not everybody has that willpower or that strength or that tenacity. Especially, yeah. and this is what I've noticed. If your parent is straight laced, you tend to, uh, if we're talking about love after lockup, think about it. Brittany's mother was a drug, drug addict too. So Brittany understands what it's like to grow up with a parent who's a drug addict. Then you have somebody like Destiny. Destiny's mother was a drug addict as well. Every almost a lot of these people are are lineage of drug addicts. And it's just like it's really hard for people to kind of either end the cycle if they're unable to see how they are contributing to the cycle. And I think Brittany was somebody who was able to see how she's contributing to the cycle, where Destiny is not somebody who's able to see how she's contributing to the cycle. And you're trying to get with Louie, and she's like, I think I'm oh wait, I skipped a person. Let's go back. (laughs) Not do Louie. But like Jessica can she has given up everything and is going to move to Tennessee to be with this person and and that car ride home with her daughter Bailey was real fucking silent yeah they had gone crafting with all these women and I just don't know if they were going to go back and pick up those crafts you know it's like are they going to like really really like what are you going to do with those things honey like they like did like some sort of watercolor thing you hang or something I was just like it was called like broom and brew or you know like broads and you know, brushes or something like that. You know, I'm not quite sure. I should have looked at it, but it's like not my job to be. <laughs> but yeah, like Jessica really feels like, and I've already said this, but she actually does say it does like it's her job to keep him off of drugs. You know, like that's how she internalizes. That's what Jessica says. I know. Like, I'm saying that's stupid and wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was like, yeah, that's what she said. Wah! Anyway, yeah, but yeah, like she says it. Yeah, like it's like she says it like she internalizes the struggle that Dustin has with drugs as being like, well, you know it's it's gonna be my struggle too i'm taking it on and it's so crazy because it's like jessica like you aren't for like all intents and purposes and you know like some you know like super sheltered girl from you know like the country who has never seen what incarcerated men or the choices that they made or what what brought them there you've never heard any tales you never talked to anyone it's like you're a goddamn nurse ai yes i know so it's like it's so crazy that she doesn't understand addict life or she doesn't understand what addicts, you know, like with what happens with them. So what happens with them is just like they have to find their footing. And truly, to me, no person that knows what's happening with the world and themselves and is making good choices would ever be with an addict or anyone that's coming out of prison that dealt with such things because anyone would know that they need to like find their own way and find who they are in the world and get their bearings you know until they can be ready to share their lives with someone it doesn't make any goddamn sense but jessica like is in some sort of like weird alternative disney fantasy you know what it you know what would be really great to see on this show actually is somebody somebody get in over their head and then be like oh no i'm out like if she dropped if she mean like if Jessica she, yeah she needs to call him and be like hey I, I talked to your sister and they told me that you're a meth head you're a meth addict is that true well what if he what was like of- more baby like yeah like i did have some problems back then but like i haven't touched it you know like what if she- yeah but you haven't touched it because you're in prison well yeah obviously i'm in prison so you know but okay. i'm like you know i wouldn't do it i don't want to do it again you know i saw what had happened to me i don't want to do it yeah okay so are you going to go into counseling when you come out yeah well i've been doing counseling now it's part of my prison thing you know like me okay. and the well, 
I'm going to need you to be two years sober and then we can uh, have this discussion. So unfortunately, I won't be able to support you because I have a daughter and I really need to take care of her. She's going to college and I need to be financially stable for her in case anything happens. So I, I love you. I do love you. And I have your name tattooed on me. And so I, that's a choice I made. However, I think what's going to yeah. happen is that in uh, 2025, if you're sober still and you've been clean the entire time, and if you can show me your coins from Narcotics Anonymous or AA or whatever you go to, then we can uh, we can pick it up from there. But I really want you to be happy and heal. And I'm just not in a p- place financially or emotionally where I can support you through this process. And I will get up and clap because that's what needs to fucking happen. First of all, the show wouldn't exist if that happened. If all these people like made such rational decisions, the show would not be happening. But as we know, like, well, God bless. So now the sad part. Tony, dude. You remember, you remember Angela? Tony. Remember Angela and Tony? No? No, no. For some reason, no. (laughs) So, sorry. I was like, I will tell you this. The sad part of this whole thing comes in the most telling part. Because already I was like, why is Jessica making such horrible decisions for someone who has worked in the field and like knows like what she's up against? Bailey says she thinks he is going to keep doing drugs. And then she said, and drag her mom into it. And I was like, holy shit, Billy thinks that her mom's just going to like succumb to Dustin's drug addiction. Like he's going to drag her down and there's going to be like in like a drug den. That's what Bailey thinks is going to happen to her mom. Oh no, I think she thinks that, you know, her mother's just going to be on the wild ride with her, with him. I mean, if you're going to really become close to someone, you know, like, and you want to be with someone, you know, like, and that person is into something. Listen, if he's into golf, he better take up golf. You know what? Never. Okay. So, nothing <laughs> else to say about them, babe? I mean, nothing, nothing. But I really want you to remember Angela and Tony. Okay, I'll look them up if you tell if you if you move. Angela on. had a very she had blonde hair. She was forty. She had her own trailer. She smoked chain cigarettes, but her face was very specific, and her teeth were doing a doing a jig in her mouth. You don't remember, you don't want, wow. I think, I thought she was in the first couple of episodes that you watched because you saw Tracy and Clint. Oh, kind of now. God, she looks like a version of Jenny from Jenny and Sumit. Yes. With someone else. Kind Tony. Of. Dude, Tony. Oh, what happened? Oh my God. What happened to her? Do you think? Oh, she got her teeth fixed and she let go of that guy, but she started talking to somebody else in prison. She's not on the show anymore, but she did it for like three or four seasons. And I rooted for her every single time because she was great. She was great TV. Okay. Basically. Okay, great. So let's move these onsies, onesies to, do you want to do Chelsea and Mikey? Chelsea? Yeah. Yeah. So Chelsea is a terrible mother uh, because she puts her love interest. I don't have a picture of them in front of her son. So she like packs up her son's shit and is like, giving it to somebody else to take care of while she fucking goes off, drives 10 hours to Kentucky or whatever the fuck to go hang out with Mikey's mother. And let me just tell you, Mikey's Mima and mama, they are so sweet. They immediately tell this girl that how pretty she is. And they're talking to her. I mean, I mean, I mean, this is the first time they've been around somebody who's deaf because she definitely wasn't enunciating and using her, jaw and lips in order to say the things that she needed to say but i assume that chelsea is used to people dang dong dang and down dong dang to her so she was able to see what's happening but we find out that i mean we found out last episode too but it drives home that she's ever, never actually heard mike's voice or like talked to him on the phone it's always been through some other method and mima and mom are really lovely to her and i thought i, I thought that was great for her yeah, you know, like I, it, it did make me sad when she's like, you have to make sure to like, you know, that my my son takes the bus home. You know, like it's just like, why don't why, why don't you just like not, you know, like date the convict and just like why don't you just like not worry but about? She what wants love, life. Chris. She wants love. Take care of your son right now. Like, come on, girl. Just like you know, winters are coming. So yeah, it was interesting. She pulled when she pulled up to the mom's house we first just just hear a bunch of chimes you know which then of course we know, you know she doesn't hear god damn it. Cut out. i know i love chimes 
And then I'm like, who is that? His mom? And no, that's a grandma. So the grandma's name is Evelyn. And then Pam is named as, as Mikey's mom. And yeah, you know, they always call the right times, you know? And so Mikey calls, you know? And so that's when, of course, he gets to hear Chelsea's voice. And basically, Pam tells Chelsea that everything that she's been told is true. Like there was a mini stroke, but the jail like moved her, like moved Mikey to like another hospital, but the jail was being really, really shady. Like, because he was complaining about some symptoms, but the jail like basically was like, Oh, it's just, you know, dehydration. Like, don't worry about like walk it off tough guy or whatever the hell it is, you know, he's having a stroke. And then like, then when he actually went to a hospital, they were like not forthcoming about that. And either they said this or, it was known that the reason why is because they were afraid that people would come and try and like break him out of whatever like podunk hospital he's in because it wouldn't have like high security. Okay. So, but that's one of the reasons why she wants to like talk to the lawyer. So, but yeah, so he kind of like lets the woman know uh, what's happening and you know, the mom is trying to like tell Chelsea what he's saying. And uh, it's also revealed by the way that grandma Evelyn has seven tattoos Mom has none. And then Chelsea wants to get Mikey's signature tattooed on herself as a surprise to Mikey. Such like a similar theme of like people wanting to get her men's names tattooed on them. Swaz. Yeah. I mean, when did Mima get them tattoos in like 1970? Because what? like. Yeah. Tell me. I need like a Rolodex of what they are right now. Yeah. I need to know what they are. And like, how does it that your me, your, your grand, your mother has them, but you don't. Usually people, you know, kind of do what their parents do. So I imagine Mima is like, here's what I'm thinking. Tell me. I'm thinking Mima is an early boomer. Like, I'm thinking that she's like on her way to 80. Grandma? Grandma's an early boomer. Yeah. Okay. And mom is a late boomer. Like, I feel like they're in the same generation, right? Because there's boomers and then there's Generation X. So I feel like mom was born in like 65. But she just looks like she's had a hard life. Mom was born in 65. Grandma was born in like 42. 42? Oh, wait 42. a minute. 42? That's a wait. long time. That, that, well, my dad is born in 48. So I, I imagine that he's like, that she's like born in like 44, 45. Okay. Wow. Yeah. And then like, because first of all, grandma looks like she don't look that much older than mom. And she looks yeah. like she's in better health than mom or something. So that's why I'm like, they must be the same generation. And I imagine that Mikey, along with Chelsea, they're both generation X. So like they're born in the late seventies. Yeah. I get what you're saying. I just wish I could see every tattoo the grandma has. In a Wait a minute. I'm still doing my, my theory. I, this is the reason oh, why sorry. I say this. I feel like Mima, when did she get them tattoos? Like, are they like, tattoos from like the fucking 60s or did she start getting tattoos in the 90s like it's just it's just such an odd thing that one that the mom has seven and she doesn't even want her to talk about it she's like shh shh don't i'm like damn tell us all about you you are a spicy ass older boomer to have seven tattoos like really only sailors and like whores of your generation had tattoos, right? I don't know anyone of that age that has tattoos. I mean, at no, all, you know, like I, that's why I want to say, I want to see the pictures of each tattoo. And then I want to see what it looked like when you first got it and what it looks like now, you know, Mima, like <laughs> Mima did some shit. Okay. Mima was probably doing stuff. Maybe she went to Vietnam. Like, I don't know, but maybe she was in the Korean war and she met a man and then she just like went off and got a tattoo. Because it's very rare for that generation, especially women, to have the tattoos. They're of that generation where only, like, sailors got it on their arm. And then even then, like, yeah. Tattoos we mean missing something. What if she was either A, a tattoo artist, or B, in a biker gang, wah? Then it would ultimately <gasps> make sense. Yeah. Maybe she, maybe she invented tattoo ink or she needed some, something to practice on. And she just you settled know? in Kentucky as a the adventer of... Um... A tattooing. Yeah, you know, I don't listen. I'm just trying to like form my mind around it, you know, like listen, maybe she went to prison. And if she went to prison It explains she... Mikey? Well, uh no, I was gonna say it explains the ink. Oh, okay. That's There's fair. not 
you get ink in prison. Yeah, so basically that Chelsea is just like gets to hear all that, you know, and uh, or actually just she ah, horrible. She doesn't really hear that. She understands that now to be true. All the stuff they told her, and she is on her journey to Mikey, the love of, love of her life, you know, and he seemingly is legit, and so is his family so far. We still don't know about his wife because the jail, unless they were just being like chismosas told the dad that there was another person reaching out like a wife and a kid so there's still that mystery to be solved yeah you know you're absolutely right so and that whether that i took that to maybe being her like she's called so whether the friend later on is like yeah this girl keeps calling i that could have been chelsea because chelsea has a kid yeah i don't know you know we don't know but let's move on to a great couple great couple fine couple Melissa and Louie. Oh, God. Oh, my God, honey. So Melissa, like, listen, I don't, for Melissa, when she gets on a case, Melissa's on a case. I mean, she goes to Louie's, like, Georgia, you know, like, place with all of his, like, mom and his, like, family and life there. And then goes on the hunt, like a little investigator, like, talks to the mom, goes and sees him there, fucks him there when she's not even supposed to do that. Like she gets in there. So this now she's going to see his friend Dirk. I'm not quite sure how she like found this person, but basically he's Louis's friend and old boss at pizza guy in the sky, which uh, there's an old picture they show of Louis. I mean, very, very young Louis flipping that dough. The dough's big. That man can flip, you know, Louis, honey, he's Italian. You From know how to 10 be- years ago. So yeah. like Louis hasn't, I thought this entire time, that Louis lived in and got in trouble in New Jersey, where she lived, and that his mom sometime during the melee just moved to Georgia. But it looks like Louis got his addiction and all the trouble that he got into in Georgia. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy that Dirk is like, so tell me how Louis was in high school. And every time they mention fucking high school, which was 20 goddamn years ago, I'm pissed off because I don't fucking care about Louis in high school. He is not that person anymore. No one who's the person that they were in high school. So why are we talking about it? Yeah. But anyways, it's like, yeah, we knew he was in trouble. We knew he was doing drugs. And that's the thing about addicts. They're incredibly great liars. And, you know, I finally had to fire him because he was in the bathroom doing Oxycontin. Now I have questions. Was he like, why is he in there for 30 minutes? Like, is he crunching it up? Is he like m- snorting it? Is he like, what, isn't Oxycontin like a pill and you just take it? I don't know. But anyway, so he was doing whatever. I don't know if he was like putting in a spoon and burning it and like injecting it. I don't know. But like he's in the bathroom for 30 minutes and they're like, you can't be in here. You can't be doing that. So they had to let him go. And he's like, look, he, Louis has a job here when he gets back. And she's like, oh, really? That's very interesting because Louis told me that he's going to come to Jersey. But it looks like he's telling you and his mother. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. That He's going to stay here. And Dirk's like, yeah, I guess he's telling us both different stories. Yeah. So do you know anything about Rutu, his yoga instructor? And so then we, she decides that she's going to go talk to, to Rutu, which is great for the storyline. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought it was a really smart move. Oh, she goes yeah. to Rutu. And then we see this very, I'm, I mean, this like 47-year-old Indian woman. Oh, I didn't think she was that much older than... I think she's the same age as Melissa. She just... I don't think she was that much older. That's so funny. I didn't read no. her as well. No, I, I definitely read her as being, like, 45. And, like, just looking good because she does yoga. Uh, I mean, like... She does look good. I mean, and by looking good, it's just that she's thin so but here's the thing dirk was like he's like a moth to a flame he likes flirting with women and so i think that also louis who probably hadn't didn't have a lot of women to look around i'm sure was very happy to see a rutu like you know and lululemon come in you know like and louis i'm talking about how louis felt seeing rutu i'm sure Rutu's married i don't know why she didn't say that okay yeah but you know what you're right but i don't think that stopped louis from like you know just maybe thinking that she's a little cutie or whatever i mean listen i think that it's interesting because melissa also had lulu lemon on she had like a black ensemble i clocked it this also was a weird situation because melissa also found out from dirk that he that louis was in fact an addict and somehow didn't realize that or didn't understand how addicty he was or whatever and i think 
doesn't also realize how horrible she comes off because this conversation after she's like grilled Dirk, she now like goes and talks to Rutu after the yoga class and is like really awkward about it. Like, hi, I'm Louis' girlfriend. Yeah. So I uh, just want to find out why is he in a yoga, huh? And she's like, I uh, just, you know, I think that it brings him peace, you know, like it just, you know, it's a, I think it's, you know, really good for him. And yeah. He's looking for something that helps him and stabilizes him and keeps him happy. And she almost, I felt like she should have said, it's really good for his recovery. It's something that keeps him centered, something that makes him happy. And it's like a new thing that was never a part of his life. And to introduce new things to your life post becoming a new person and being, you know, no longer being an addict is really helpful. And then Melissa makes it not bad. I don't think Melissa did a, did a crazy job. Like she didn't come out there like fully Guido. And was like, why does he like you, huh? Like, she didn't do that. But she did. She was like, yeah, I could see why he was looking at uh, coming to yoga because of, you know, looking at you. And then Rutu got immediately very fucking uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, she looked at the producer and was like, oh, I didn't know it was going to be this. Yeah. And she's like, I got to go. I don't know what to tell you. I wouldn't worry about it. I got to go teach another class and gets her like really shapely behind right off that door. So then, yeah, Melissa calls Louie and asks him about, you know, everything she's learned on her like discovery mission of like who Louie is and like what he wants, you know? And he basically says the thing that we all know, which is he's going to be on probation. He has to go live like in a place where the, the correctional officer like understands where he is and is like a functional, safe, stable place. And he has to be there for a certain amount of time. And while he's going to be there, he wants to like be able to like make a little money on the side. And so Dirk has offered him a job and he said, yes, you know, and like, yeah, that's what, it's not a big deal. And instead of like Melissa thinking that he's going to immediately move down to New Jersey, which I think was a fool's errand, a fool's choice, because it's not really, that's not really what happens. You have yeah, to, yeah, it's jail talk. And he's not even in fully fucking jail. So there's no reason for him to not lay things out to her to where she can truly take them in. Like, mm-hmm. he's been lying to her. Okay. He's been, like, making it seem to her as though, like, as soon as he gets out, he's coming to Jersey and he's going to live with her and they're going to, like, fuck until the sun comes up every single night. Like, that is what he has sold to her. And she, right, It like, I guess you could say she is being naive about it. 100%. But I don't think it's fully her fault. And when she calls him and she calmly asks him about his plans, he immediately gets upset. Well, like, yeah, duh. And she's like, but that's not what you said to me. And he gets defensive and he's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang up on you. And I'm like, yeah, no. She's like, and then she even says like, yeah, the fact that he decided to, to hang up on me or tried to threaten that is a, is a red flag. And I'm like, girl all i want to see is you to say no never mind then because you lied to me you didn't tell me what it really was you fed me this pipe dream and didn't truly explain to me what the situation was she would be smart to know and any wise woman would tell her at this point melissa you've already gotten the hottest thing that will ever happen to you which is making out you know like when he's like at prison like that kind of moment like that would sustain a person for the rest of their life, knowing that that hot ass moment happened. Like, ooh, I just like made out with this like guy that I really, really liked. And he like maybe like fingered me, whatever, like in some barn or whatever. And he like literally like go back to jail for years. We got through with it. We got like got away with it. And he hasn't seen a woman in so long. And I thought so like, oh my God. And I just turned him on so much. Like that would sustain me, be on my deathbed. My, my last words would be like, I fucked that guy in prison. <laughs> you know, like I would be so happy about it. So uh, at this point, her best moment has already happened with him she should just cut her losses and go yeah because what makes him also hang up is like when she also like asks about Rutu then he's like huh you know because a he also realizes I think probably in that moment that he never brought up Rutu never brought her up so the and it's a weird ass name you know I'm saying I'm sorry you know I'm like whatever it's like obviously not like Nina or like you know like you know Sarah so like for her to say it perfectly means that she's been talking to people about it like I mean in this case obviously talked to people about it went to a class downward dog talked to her after freaked her out you know what i'm saying and so when she brings up rutu like he realizes that she's a crazy stalker and also be that she has her number literally figuratively she has his number too you know yeah yeah i just i felt for her in that moment and really her and jessica just need to make 
the decision that makes me happy, which is for them to be like, yeah, no, this is a lot. I just wanted to have a lot of sex. I didn't want to help you recover. Then the season would be over. So you want every season to happen to be like five episodes. (laughs) I mean, this is love during lockup. So they could do it on love after lockup then. (laughs) They could just bring in more people. I mean, they obviously have a never ending Rolodex of people to like bring on this show. So yeah, they don't need to have anyone on love after lockup like love at life after lockup like they could have just people on love love the regular one love after lockup and it could be a new person every single new group every single season well i mean you know they just don't know the riches that they have so we have two more coops the dupes the talks about the bouts and that's justine and michael and then um, the couple I hate the most, Mark and Sincere. <laughs> uh, so let's talk about Justine and Michael. Listen, Justine, I hate you, them. They're so boring. Justine, you hate Justine and Michael. You hate? Oh my god, so stupid and boring. Like fuck, whatever. Oh, I mean, listen, listen. I like it. Like she's coming hot off of her like sweet sixteen style wedding gift present. Like I just don't see like a wife get like a car like that. Whatever. But anyway, so she, her friends like, what year is this? She's like, no, it's her cousin. Our cousin. Our cousin Mariah from Rhode Island. Okay, you're right. What year is this new? It's 2020 new. It's it's because she doesn't know. Yeah, of course. You know, it, like, it could easily be like two years old. So they like go around her room and she's so excited to show her cousin like all the disgusting shit that he sent her, including his blood, a blister, like a glove with his semen and a toenail. Moi can't stand it. Well, I can't stand what I'm saying. If you're watching on Patreon, you know, Wall has her fingers in her ear. She cannot deal with what I'm saying, but that is what happened. And I have to report the news. So fucking disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fucking disgusting, bro. Yeah. Like I just drove that car that he gave her because I was a rental and like it came as a rental and it's not a bad car. It's really, it's really, it's, it's really easy to drive. I really want to know what it's like to drive a G-Wagon at some point. Anyway, yeah, like she just is like so obsessed with him. I'll tell you, I looked his music up even more. He has literally a a song called Sells Drugs, like, you know, like Sells, S-E-L-L, and then like, you know, Z Drugs or whatever. And it's like, obviously why he went to prison. He was like, he sold fentanyl and stuff like that. So it's just, you know, I mean, there's like all this movement about like rappers being tried using their own song lyrics against them and whether that should happen or whatever. And it's just like a mild version of that, you know, not mild. I mean, by mild, I mean like a lesser known artist, but you know, like Mariah is a little concerned of how her cousin's like going to get these presents. And she doesn't mean the bodily presents. Yeah. So Mariah is like, I would like to talk to him because, you know, he calls anytime he wants to call her. Right. Cause she can't call him. He has to call her. So she always answers. And so just so happened that he answers or she calls and he calls her and she answers when Mariah <laughs> is there. And she has some questions to ask. And Justine has already identified that this is the question that she doesn't, he doesn't like to answer, which is like how he gets his money. So she feels like there's some trouble a brewing that she might have to deal with on later on. But she's going to let her cousin answer the question because she's solid and secure in her marriage and love of this guy. And so Mariah asks, like, how are you getting this money? And he says, I'm lucky I won the lottery. And then he, like, promptly hangs up. And I was like, this is exactly what we needed, is for him to go away because she's filming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, left. my like, music, I- you know, like, my YouTube, my YouTube views from my videos. I mean, there could have been some things. He Listen, he has uh, videos out. I looked at them, you know, like exactly what you think, like a bad kind of like mediocre rudimentary beats and just kind of like uncharismatic flow on top of that is what I would describe it, you know? And like, listen, am I a hip hop connoisseur? Like not from the way I look, but you know. No, she's not, you guys. I, I feel like no. I know some things about music. This, that's what I'm yeah, saying. I know you, you know you do know some things about music, but you're like, oh my God, did, you, did I ever tell you that? Lil Wayne is like my favorite rapper of all time. And then I was oh. literally like, okay, Birdman Jr. And she's like, what? Huh? I knew what Birdman, I knew Birdman Jr. Give me one line from Birdman Jr. I just don't know every word of it, but I know give it. Me, give me one, one sentence. Give me two, two words strung together. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> when the hollow head dot got him, knock his top to his bottom. Come on, something. 
niggas in Pakistan ain't packing like your man. Okay, so <laughs> moving on. So, and Michael, however, is not as good as Lil Wayne. I can, I know that for a fact, you know, and I don't have to be fucking Mozart to like figure that out, figure that one out. So, yeah, like the cousin is grilling him and he says like, you know, she means the world to me. You know, she deserves everything. You know, it's so funny because when he says it won the, won the lottery, it's just like we're coming hot off of a lot of the American lotteries recently. A lot, <laughs> even two, like went up to like a billion dollars. And just like that was just like dream money. So Justine does wonder like if a, if the if it's a hot car, you know, like what happens if she gets pulled over with a kid? Like, would he do that to her? But she should know like whether she's going to go get a tr- check out, checked out. Like that's what Mariah wants her to do. But she trusts him. She doesn't want to question him. Mariah. Like babies with pacifiers. I have a question. If you won a billion dollars, what would you do? Not tell anyone. Okay. Next. Try and like low key do like a secret compound Tyler Perry social media content compound family compound somewhere where I just don't tell anyone, but I'm building and creating things. A social media compound? Like I like I would like to create like my living and studio situation. I guess, you know, like I would like to create a big compound where all my family can live. And then I also like on the same property have like my studios and stuff like that. And I can like film different things and I have like editors and stuff like that. You just won't you just suddenly just be like, oh, Chris is doing a lot of consistent content and it looks like the best has ever looked. You know, there's two separate thoughts. You're going to build a compound so all your family could live there. But also on that compound yes would be a studio so that you could do a bunch of different types of creative things see how two separate thoughts become one thought you know what i'm saying yes yes it's not really two separate thoughts it's like one thought where it's a compound and on the compound two different things yes god bless multi-use compound there'll be like you know a panic room and they'll be like you know like if this all goes to hell there'll be like a secret space you could just like ride the world and as okay it so like also doomsday prepping yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, in the way that, like, you know, like, I think hardcore Mormons do, like, in the way that the sister wives did, like, how Christine had to give her, like, doomsday prep over to, like, Robin. Anyway, that's, like, insider th- thoughts. Okay, so going back to the show we're talking about, which is love during lockup, um, with Justine and Michael, I like them as a couple, ultimately, because I think they're a hot-ass couple. I think he's hot. I think that she's hot. Like, I like her body. I like his face. I feel like together they're, like, I feel like they have good sex. I can feel it off of them. It makes me happy. I mean, if anyone's not good, I feel like it's her because she might be a pillow princess. What? Yeah, I mean, she's just like annoying and her like, I don't know where Mike gets his money from. I'm not going to ask, I, but I trust him and I'm not going to ask him. I'm just going to trust him. And I'm like, says every mobster's wife, says every woman who would never like, listen, the, the truth is, is that Justine, this is the best thing that's ever happened to her is Mike. Even though he's in prison, she has three kids and she found this man who dotes on her, gives her everything, makes her feel like a princess. Mm -hmm. And so what is she going to do? Is she going to remain poor and like husbandless and just have these three kids on whatever? No, she's probably her entire life wanted someone to take care of her and love her and like whatever. And she's tried several times to get that. And now she's gotten it. So this is like her only shot. And she's going to milk it for all it's worth when he goes back to prison again. As long as he continues to buy things for her and take care of her and send her expensive meats, then she's going to continue talking to him. Like, it just is what it is. She's I a drug. Agree. Like, yeah, I mean, there's like there is just a, a, a certain. I think it's the same like desire in certain women to be taken care of. And it doesn't matter how that person gets that money as long as they're being taken care of. And they'll be down and they'll do whatever and they'll be loyal and all those things because they want to be taken care of. <laughs> like They want to feel that love. Yeah. And... I also... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, you were so right. Like, she does feel like a gangster's wife. You know, it feels like in the 1920s, she would have like a like a voice like this. And she'd be like, oh, you know, like, you know, she'd just be like booping, popping around, you know, in like short skirts. And he'd be like, there's my girl. You know what I'm saying? And then she would just like leave when he do the, the guy talk. She wants to live blissfully in ignorance, you know, because like blissful ignorance allows her to like drive around in Mercedes. And like if she, you know, the truthful, authentic you know, grounded, you know, reality that doesn't probably is not like Mercedes, you know, so it's fun. 
it's she's gonna pick a Mercedes, like you know. Yeah. More expensive meats. And like that's what the she Omaha wants. Steaks, the Omaha steaks. She wants all the Omaha steaks. The Wagyu steaks. She wants it all. So she's like, mm-hmm. why would I give this up? Like, I don't care where he makes his money. As long as he keeps me happy and he treats me well. And as long as I don't have to meet his other mistresses, like he married me. I'm the number one. I'm the most important. Like, you know, he has other women like or he will when he get out. Like, he's not going to be like, like, this is this is what she knows. It's like marrying a basketball player. Like, you just know that this is like a, a footballer. Like, you just know you're going to have to deal with a certain amount of shenanigans. But as long as you are blissfully ignorant and they take care of you and yours, then like, why would you be upset? That's why I find her kind of boring, because she has nothing besides her identity as Mike's girl. And that's boring to me. You know what? That's very smart, Wa, because I agree. Like what this what this couple needs is like a mid-season secret twist. Where yeah. she's like, you guys, but here's the other thing. I've also been talking to this other guy who's like right here. You know what I'm saying? Like that or, you know, whatever it could be. It could be a bunch yeah. of things. This so, is yeah. very season one Love After Lockup, you know? Mm. Anything else to say about them, babe? Nope. Okay, so the couple you love to hate, and I certainly do, Mark and Sincere, uh, everything about him. I don't hate her. I hate her name, but I hate every morsel of this person, him. I, like, hate him. I hate that person. Yeah, Mike, we start out this episode with him in some, like, desolate desert-looking property. It looks like one of the houses that should be on love off the grid like just like what 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 is this front yard backyard situation where he sends his person of color helper whose face we never see to the mercedes to go to home depot and buy like two by four or whatever and i'm like why did you have to say take the mercedes why don't you just say take my car so i was like uh trash and then his friend dennis comes up and you're like these two are friends where'd they meet at work and then Dennis is like, yeah, I don't think that Mark's a bad guy or he even like thinks what he's doing might be weird or awkward. I just think that that's who he is. Like he just doesn't know. So then Mark ends up telling Dennis that he's like got this home here and this property and it has 11 bedrooms. Now, does this specific, specific property have 11 bedrooms? Like, I don't know. It doesn't look like it should. It looks like an abandoned like house built in 1976 <laughs> that like, needs some work done to it but i can't tell and he's like you know what you know who's an underserved populist is single mothers so he's like yeah i think what i want to do is just like give them all a space to live in and i'm like unregulated like who's going to take care of this home like are you just going to have them what what is the criteria they're just going to come here and live in the desert and just all live in this house together and he's like yeah i guess like if they're out of prison too and then he starts again starts talking about getting sincere are pregnant so that she can do less time mm-hmm. and you would think this man will google something to know that that is not true i know that's not true we all know that's not true and so he's like yeah i think i want to just like you know have housing for single mothers and i, I just the whole scheme just sounds so harebrained and it I- sounds not thought out at all and it sounds just like very insincere uh- it just sounds like he's trying to do it in order to be the guy who got an 11 bedroom home to give to single mothers. Cause I'm like, how many kids do you have to have? Does each kid get their own room? Do they all stay in one room? Like, I just think of it as being like a disaster. Is there a, a house mother or like a rotation of people who are there to like review and make sure that no drugs are being done in this home and make sure that no fucking men are being in and out of these home? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can't just tell. You just can't just put an ad out. Hey, are you a single mom? You want to live here? Like, no, it has to be some kind of government ran or like subsidized, like private. And like, it has to be something where he can't just do this and have it be like something that is for the good. Unless he's truly like creating a nonprofit, getting all the right people in place in order to run it because he can't run it. He's a fucking weirdo. He's over here trying to like figure out how he can send sperm in the mail so then this fool gets on the phone with some girl named pearson who does not approve to have her her face on this situation but her voice and then he three ways sincera so that kirsten can convince sincera to get pregnant and they're on a fucking recorded line and he's trying to convince these two women that they should get pregnant so they can serve less of time and kirsten's like no i've been pregnant in prison you don't serve less time 
In fact, I'm uncomfortable with this conversation because I can get in trouble for this and do more time. And she hangs up. Then what's her face is like, how many girls are you talking to? And he's like, oh, I don't know, four. And she's like, you brought me on a show where I was supposed to be a person that was doing love during lockup with you. And now you're telling me that you have talked to three other women. And what you're talking about, I've already talked to you about and told you it's fucking stupid and it's not good. And I could get in trouble for even having this conversation. So I'm uncomfortable and I'm hanging up too. And it's just like blows up in his face. And he's like, oh, they both hang up. But before that happens, he doesn't realize that he's talking to Sincera. When Kirsten is the one who hangs up, he can't even tell their voices apart. When I can, I knew that it was still Sincera on the phone and that Kirsten was the one who hung up. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's messy things. Let me just tell you straight up a couple of things. A, I think he has a breeder fetish. And I think that he wants to just have yeah. this like, you yeah. know, house where a bunch of like pregnant women are there so he can just have sex with them 100%. Mm-hmm. They feel like, oh, you know, like for rent instead of rent, just like, you know, F the master. 100% like, you know, the landlord or whatever. Like, I feel like the he just wants like, so to be like a little like cult head figure, like polygamist of like these women, you know, like that would like look up to him like that's he want he he wrote, he's already said that he doesn't feel good enough to date women in that are just uh, out and about in normal life like he feels a certain less than that women would want something from him and so he likes having women who are in a place of like desperate need like you know that need something from him and very little from him in order for him to feel validated and wanted he's disgusting i hate him so anyway god bless okay so um, another thing is that with this pregnancy thing, I kept wondering, like, Mark, did you just watch an episode of some shitty television once and someone got pregnant and therefore got out early? Like, was it an episode of, I don't know, I'm like, was it like an ep- season five of Orange is New Black that I just missed? Like, why do you think this is such a real thing that could happen? But yeah, these women shot shot him down so much. And when he gets them confused and like on their three-way call, like by the way, which reeks of like high school mean girl, I hate you so much, Mark, three-way call. Like it just, I also, what did he think that like Sincere was going to be like happy to find out that he's talking to Kirsten? Like it just, it, it really goes to show that I think that he would just like a polygamous lifestyle with a bunch of women, you know? And he's testing the waters always to see if how people would react to something. Like, yeah, but Sincere is going to be in prison for like the less next like seven years. Like, so it was weird for me that she got upset about that because I'm like, girl, like you thought he was just going to be faithful for you to you for seven years. Ah! I'm sure you're talking to other men. Right. Like he's putting money on your books. Like, what do you care if he's talking to other inmates? What does that matter? Seven years? Like, yeah, the last year of your prison sentence when you're going to come out and live with him, you're going to be like, hey, stop talking to other bitches. But like, <laughs> girl, what? Someone's going to be faithful to you for seven years. Great and then point. he's like, yeah, you're supposed to convince her. And Sincera's like, uh, Mark, you are not talking to Kirsten. I'm really confused and like, don't want to do this anymore. And it's just like awkward. Cause it's like, why doesn't he know that this is like weird? Like now the, uh, to give him credit, I don't think that he was trying to keep it from Sincera because he got on three way. So he was trying to like, let her know, but like it didn't go over well and he looks stupid. He definitely does. He definitely looks dumb, 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 dumb. And I think that he is dumb. I think that he also just has like some, I think, social challenges that he just, I feel like doesn't know social graces in the way that other people do. You know, I think that, I think that he's a weirdo, weird, weird, you know, like yeah. for some reason just has so much money, even though he's a computer engineer slash like goes to like live concerts at night. I mean, you know, listen, after this whole FTX thing and we just like keep having all these exposés about all those crypto guys and those like nerdy, nerdy computer guys that are just like in a polyamorous, just fine, God bless, like penthouses living together and just like fucking and just like making billions and just like taking down governments and just like having whole industries just collapse. Like, you know, like those kind of, they are nerdy nerds. nerds. I don't know what you know I'm talking about, Wah, but like no. one thing is Colleen, I think. And like, she was a Harry Potter fan, you know, like you would, you know, you should look her up. So anyway, God bless. It's like what's happening here. And so like nerds, listen, are like slowly taking over the world, A, so I guess we have to like pay attention to that, but also B, are just like to be wary, you know, like. They're always, always taking over the world. They're the smartest ones. One, two, nothing is wrong with polygamy. I think that polygamy or polyamory, I feel like it is the way we need to go. (laughs) I feel like for those, for people who are staunchly monogamous and that's what they know they love and their lifestyle is, but for the rest of us, let us live our lives. Okay. Having said that, we have come to the end of this episode. It was a really good episode. It's been a really, really great season, you know, and definitely as you watch the episode, definitely uh, I watch it on TV. So if you're with like me on cable, 
they are already advertising next seasons of love after lockup and all the new couples so it's just i mean oh, really? oh yeah anybody exciting you know i will do we should do a deep dive maybe it's for patreon only deep dive of the couple as like a meet the cast to come up that'd be really really great i can think about that but so um, nobody interested I, I don't know names right now to give you oh that's why sorry this is the second time you put me on the spot girl we love doing this. <laughs> I, you you watching, I, I mean like i guess i just assumed like if you're like oh yeah there is this one couple where the girl is like uh, with him and he i don't know like if they gave like a little tidbit of something like exciting that's what i was asking nope anyway okay so if you want to follow us you can on social media instagram is docusweeties we're also docusweeties1 on tiktok and twitter and then also if you want to see our faces including while like sort of like scratching her head and me with my <laughs> I'm like little curler curls just like living our best life on the stream honey just like posing we both have do you have makeup on right now no i'm just trying to like detangle like some of the braids that came out like the hair is like tangled so i'm trying to like detangle it oh yeah that's that's what i was doing remember yeah trying to get that rat's nest out there honey that's what happens back there for me yeah having said that we love you guys so much thank you so much for listening wherever you're listening and also for rating us five stars if you haven't go ahead and do that and then what i'm saying would be true that you would have done it and listened. it feels so good sometimes to tick something off a list especially during the holiday time why yeah, so if you want to see the visuals of what you're hearing, you can join us at patreon.com slash docusweeties. And that is for $10 a month. And I think we're going to talk about some cool stuff coming up. So give us suggestions on uh, documentaries you would like us to watch. I'm in vote for Killer Sally. There's a few that we got to get out. So let us know. Awesome. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. And we hope you have a great day. Okay. Bye. Bye.